She Did a Her Way podcast, episode 256, Build Something You Believe In with Ariel Kay, founder of Parachute. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Boleyn, your host, and it is time to do it your way. Welcome to the show, you guys. Today's podcast is sponsored by one of my favorite bookkeeping systems, and that is FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the perfect accounting software for small businesses, especially when you are first starting out and maybe accounting isn't your thing because it definitely wasn't mine, and I did trial and error, and I absolutely love, love, love FreshBooks. Super easy to use from tracking expenses, creating and submitting invoices, to collecting payments. One of my favorite features that I love about FreshBooks is their time tracking feature. Whether you are tracking your own time for a project you're working on for a client or your team is tracking their time and it makes it super easy to use. There's also a mobile app that allows you to screenshot your receipts so no more having to have a box full of receipts. FreshBooks is giving you a 30-day free trial to test it out to see if you love it as much as I do. Head to www.freshbooks.com forward slash she and enter in she did it her way in the how did you hear about us box now on to today's episode with ariel k who is the founder and ceo of parachute the fast growing home essentials brand based in venice beach long intrigued by the interplay of design and wellness ariel established parachute to fulfill consumers needs for high quality bedding and a good night's sleep Within two years, Forbes declared that Parachute wins over millennials who are tired of chain store betting, and the brand has been called one of the 25 hot Los Angeles startups to watch. So prior to launching Parachute, Ariel spent 10 years working in brand development and advertising in New York, her experience yielding invaluable insight to consumer purchasing behavior and the public's growing interest in quality, craftsmanship, and social responsibility, and now tenants of the Parachute brand. In this podcast episode, Ariel and I talk about discover the qualities of a successful brand, know why understanding and growing your consumer is key, hear about the first three months that she took or what the three months looked like after she made the leap from corporate to launching her own company, understand the benefits of investing in a publicist, we talk about raising capital, and then we dive into three actionable items for any new business owner out there. And now let's go to the show. Ariel, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. I'm so excited because you are the founder of a company that I would imagine most people know about, and it's an incredible story and journey, and I would love for you to take us back to when, what was it like, and how did you start Parachute, and walk us through that journey of just the whole transition? Sure. Well, um, I started parachute launched officially in January 2014, but the journey really started um, way before that. So I um, I lived in New York for many many years. I worked in advertising, um, but I also had a home design blog that I was um, very passionate about and was helping friends and family decorate their homes for fun. So this love of interior design and of home essentials has been part of me um, for as long as I can really remember. Um, but in 2012, I sort of like hit this roadblock and was ready to do something different, something more entrepreneurial, um, and really wanted to be part of 
of something bigger. I wanted to have a bigger impact in the work that I was doing um, and realized that this could be the perfect time for me to merge my interests in home and design and building brands, which is what I've been doing in the advertising world. So, um, you know, this is also around the time that direct-to-consumer businesses were really first getting started. Um, and I saw, the, like, I just, I connected the dots and saw this big opportunity because um, the direct-to-consumer shopping experience was something that was really relevant and resonated with me. Um, and, you know, when I looked at the home category and then looked most specifically originally in sheets um, as an entry point because, you know, everyone spends a third of your life in bed and sleep is so important. Um, I realized no one had ever asked me how I was sleeping at night or tried to create an emotional experience around buying these products, which are really valuable in your life. So, um, you know, as someone that loved to build brands, I felt like this was a huge opportunity. And there was um, a moment, you know, given that people were starting to invest in their own health and wellness, and, you know, people are talking about eating right and all the stuff that was going on. Um, it seemed like sleep could be really an exciting part of that. And, um, you know, I had learned, um, you know, and really believed that the the qualities of a really successful brand were, you know, about having a quality product, of course, but also this emotional connection and really, um, you know, creating something that people would care about um, and that they could, uh, you know, become advocates for and really just um, that would resonate. So um, I ended up leaving my job in early 2013 um, and, you know, decided that I was going to pursue parachute full time and you know, immediately hopped on a plane, went to Europe, visited a bunch of factories and then came back and decided to move to L.A. and hit the ground running. Whew, okay, I love that. I would. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and what a perfect background of advertising to be able to understand like market and the emotional placement and understand like the product because there are. I mean, most people just go. We go to a store and we just pick something off the shelf and we buy it for the sake of maybe we buy it on price and not necessarily value. And here you've like identified this market. I would love for you to dive deep into. You know, you mentioned in 2012, you hit a roadblock. Um, talk to us about that roadblock and then talk to us about like your experience of making that transition, because a lot of my listeners are in a place of either wanting to make the leap or they have their side hustle or maybe they just recently made the leap. And I would love for you to share your journey and what you've learned and talk about some of the highs and lows and things that you've overcome in that. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, I loved my career in advertising. I was able to use both sides of my brain. I was doing a lot of consumer re behavior research, um, both qual and quant. And, you know, I was, um, I really was, you know, thriving. Um, and, uh, but I also was having to, you know, disconnect from my work in many ways, because by the time it like got to anywhere beyond, you know, what we were working on um, inside the four walls of the ad agency, it just, it was never... It, it never really, you know, the work that I was doing never really had its moment. Um, and it got really frustrating. And so I was being forced to say, I'm going to put out all this good work and what happens happens. And that, mm -hmm. that got really exhausting. Um, because I'm a passionate person. I like to create things. I want to, um, you know, I want to be part of something. And I, that was always true for me in all of my jobs and, and, and throughout my career path. So, um, I realized that it was sort of now or never. And I actually had a bunch of friends that were joining early stage startups both in LA and New York and starting their own companies. And so I was watching them like unapologetically bail on their plans <laughs> and like, like not come like not come home until really late at night because they were working on something that they were so excited about um, and you know being totally consumed and en enveloped with like this work and this project and um, 
And that was really appealing to me. And so I knew that I wanted to leave this big corporate world um, and do something where I could have a bigger impact, where I could be part of a growth story, where I could, you know, see the work that I did, um, you know, and and reach, have it reach people um, and have it, you know, and have, and I knew that that would make me feel good and that would make me feel inspired and that would, you know, keep me, um, you know, I, I would be learning in a new way. And so, um, you know, initially I thought I would just join a company um, because, you know, I, I had never started my own business. I didn't go to business school. You know, I didn't have the, the sort of like typical background that one might, you know, assume a CEO needs to have. Um, but then when I looked at the market and when I had decided that I really wanted to, you know, be part of this home and design world, um, you know, there wasn't a company that really spoke to me. And it was at that point that I realized, you know, what, what would it look like for me to start my own business? You know, how, um, you know, how would I do that? You know, what, what type of, you know, problem am I trying to solve? Who are the customers I'm trying to reach? Um, and definitely my experience was helpful in all of that. I mean, for me, I'd spent so much time just thinking about how to motivate, inspire, and connect with people. And, um, you know, at the core of what Parachute does is that, you know, we are a consumer first business and we're trying to, you know, help people have a better night's sleep and be more comfortable in their home. And, um, you know, we're trying to not just be a brand that comes in and out of fashion, like we're really trying to do something that's around for a long time. And you have to understand the consumer and you have to be able to grow with the consumer in order to do that. Mm-hmm. What? Um, so in terms of like transitioning out, were you nervous when you left your job? Oh, Did you? Questions. Yeah. So talk to us about like, you know, the emotional experience of that. Did you, did you save, did you create this like elaborate plan or did you kind of go off a gut? Um, I sort of went off of gut, you know, I just, this idea for parachute really happened at the end of the year, like in late December, 2012. Um, and I started, you know, I, I started thinking about it and, and then I realized I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I, you know, told my parents and I told a few friends and then I started asking for introductions for people that had worked in textiles or in the home industry. And then I started doing a lot of research and I just like, I really became consumed. I mean, I, I can't really describe it in any other way, but it was fully occupying like almost almost 100% of my brain power. I mean, I was just like, this is something like I am onto something. This is huge. Like this is going to be a, this is a big opportunity. And if, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Like that's how strongly I felt that, you know, this was an opportunity, but you know, I, I had never, I had never done this before. I had never taken a leap of faith. I, you know, I had a very comfortable job and was making good money, you know, for my age and, you know, my, my career place. And, you know, it just, I, you know, I was, yeah, it was terrifying. I mean, I was a sole founder. So doing this alone, I didn't have that partner to, you know, to hold hands with and say, we're going to get through this together. Um, It's like you're thinking in a silo and you have no one else to be like, am I crazy for this thought or this thing keeps popping up? Totally. And I think a lot of people did think I was crazy. You know, all of a sudden, you know, I was, I was doing what I saw my other friends doing. You know, I was, you know, not going out. I was like staying up until 5am working on a pitch deck. Um, And so it got to a point where I, I no longer wanted to do my job. And that happened very quickly for me because I ended up leaving my job in mid February of 2013. Um, And I had saved a little bit of money, but not much because it's, you know, it's really hard to save money in New York. And, um, you know, I decided to move back to LA where I'm from and where my parents lived. And, you know, I knew that I could stay with them, um, you know, for a a small amount of time. Um, 
But, you know, it was, I definitely just, it was a risk. And to be honest, the first year and really the first two and even three years were consumed by a lot of highs and lows and moments of self-doubt and, you know, wondering if I made a huge mistake and, you know, feeling like maybe, you know, this wasn't going to end up working out. And um, I don't think those feelings ever really go away. I mean, because you're just always being faced with new challenges that can feel really big, but it's also why you do it. You know, it's like, I realize that I've never been happier um, than I am today being faced with huge problems and a big business and a team. And, you know, these are the kinds of things that make me really inspired creatively. And, um, and it's, it's what I want to do, but yeah, it was very risky. It was very scary. And, you know, I, I definitely didn't have any expectation that we would get to where we are today at that stage. You know, it was just a matter of, you know, I, I'm so consumed with this idea. I have to at least give it a shot. Mm-hmm. What talk us like, how would you sum up the first three months of when you guys opened doors? Uh, utter insanity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it was so cool, you know, in many ways. And in other ways, it was totally overwhelming and crazy. I, I made my first hire um, about three and a half weeks after I launched. So oh we, we, I, I launched Parachute. We got all this press. Um, you know, pr- launch press is the best press. And, you know, for people starting new businesses, I, I strongly believe in investing in um, a great publicist to help you get that press because people just love talking about new businesses. Um, but, you know, as a result, all of a sudden we started selling a ton of product. And, you know, I had a storage unit where my product was being housed and I, you know, was working and meeting with people and, you know, answering phone calls and writing emails. And there were not enough limbs or hours in the day to do so. Um And then, you know, I made my first hire um, a few weeks in and, you know, it was, it was a lot. I mean, we barely slept. I mean, we spent every, we, we worked all day, we worked all night and then we packed boxes from about midnight to 4 a.m. You know, it was, it was a whole thing. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was an incredible opportunity for me to, um, you know, I, I, you get to see every part of the business in a really amazing way early on um, when you're doing everything. So I wouldn't have traded it, but yeah, it was totally insane. I mean, and it was also very exciting because all of a sudden we, we realized, you know, this is real product market fit. People want this. And we're hearing from customers that they've been waiting for a company like this. And, you know, this resonates so much and all of these things that, um, you know, were really validating. Mm-hmm. How did you um, come up with the name Parachute? Um, so parachute is actually inspired by the movement of the fabric when you um, when you make your bed and your top oh. sheet sort of billows down like a parachute shape. Not okay. That's what I that that's um, I love that. I love what um, you guys recently. So how did you transition and not transition? I guess you know a lot of people think, or at least I you think this venture capital investing is now, I mean, it's so associated with tech companies, right? Were you guys, what made you decide to get outside funding? Was that, did you expect that from the beginning or how did that relationship evolve? Yeah. I mean, an e-commerce company and a product-based inventory-based business is a real, is really expensive. I mean, because you have to have product to sell product. Um, and so you have to be able to buy it, um, ahead of time. And for us, we're a premium brand. Our product isn't cheap. And so in order to be able to buy product, um, we needed some capital and more beyond anything that I could, you know, that I had saved. Um, and because I had a ton of friends in the startup world, I didn't really know that there were any options besides raising venture. Um, 
And so that's really what I did. Um, I had joined an accelerator about two months before I actually launched the business and got a little bit of capital there, which um, helped pay for our first batch of inventory. Um, and then I ended up raising a seed round um, a few probably like three months in, um, to launching the business. And, um, and that capital went straight to inventory. So, um, which is not ideal because there's a lot of other ways to finance inventory, um, than your actual equity dollars. But at that stage, and it's pretty common to do so because you don't really have a lot of alternatives. You don't have a track record. You don't have data. You don't have, um, you know, significant money in the bank to be able to get things like debt facilities and, um, and other forms of capital that are perfect for inventory. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I started talking to investors almost immediately after I launched, um, and, um, and decided to take capital in order to keep up with the growth. Um, you know, we did not have enough inventory to keep up with demand. And so in order to really continue that was going to be, it, it was required essentially. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit like key takeaways from that experience? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, paperwork involved and, uh, valid or um valuing your company and then deciding about okay here's what we're raising how did you decide that number and then how did you decide what you're going to give an exchange of that and what i mean how, yeah t- key takeaways from that experience sure i mean i think you know we initially set out to raise um a few hundred thousand dollars and then you know there was more interest and so i ended up raising a bit more um you know i really was turning to my network and my support system for help, um, you know, answering those types of questions. Um, you know, being part of an accelerator gave me access, um, well, to other companies and to the people running the accelerator and, and also, um, other mentors. And so, you know, I was really learning on the fly, um, as well as talking, you know, just about to anyone who was willing to give me some time. Um, and that was really helpful. Um, but you know, there's a lot of things I would have done differently, you know, hindsight's 2020 and we, you're, there's a ton of, um, information that I've learned about raising money since then. Um, but for me, actually, I really, there's a few things that I learned that, um, are less about the mechanics of the round. One, I actually, I prioritized raising capital from people that were also based in LA um, because as a sole founder, I really wanted to be able to have access to people and not just over email. Like I wanted Mm -hmm. FaceTime. I wanted to sit down with people. I wanted, you know, if you were getting equity in my business, I wanted you to work for me essentially. Um, Like I, I really felt strongly about that. And, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily the only way to do it, but for me as a sole founder, that ended up being a really helpful tactic because I, um, you know, I was in those, I was in their offices, you know, I was, you know, I called them constantly, we were texting, you know, any question I had, I really looked to my investors for help and for guidance. And um, that was great. And also established a real relationship um, with them, which was helpful in subsequent rounds. Um, The other thing that I personally learned was, you know, raising money is not just, it doesn't take time. It doesn't just take time, but also takes a lot of, you know, energy and you're going into a room and you're really having to sell yourself and sell the vision and, and do it like way more intensely than, than even feels natural. Um, and for Mm. me, that was really unnatural because I'm sort of a mellow person and, um, you know, a little bit more low key, but I had to go into the room and really just like show people everything that I felt inside. And I had never really done that before. Um, and I think early on, um, I, I wasn't confident enough and I didn't, I didn't realize that that was going to make all the difference. Um, and so 
I was, you know, walking in and was like, hey, we've got this company. It's really cool. Um, and it wasn't until I was able to walk in and just like show what I was feeling that people really were like, whoa, this this girl's got like a a drive and is a force and, you know, has this idea. And like, I've got to be part of it. Um, and so that was big learning for me. It was just, you know, how to sell the vision and how to really, you know, you got to put it all on the table because no one else is. Um, and so once I started doing that, you know, I, I was really, the process became a lot more, um, I wouldn't say easy, but it just became a lot more, you know, it was, it became more fun to be honest, because I was getting the type of response that I was looking for. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, um, being able to, and it's such a great point about, you know, whether it's our business or how we show up and the emotion that we bring and the excitement we bring is, is contagious and can transfer to other people. And if we're not excited about something, like how can they be excited about it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what is like looking back, what is something you wish you would have invested in sooner in your business? Um, probably hiring people. Um, you know, I think for me, especially early on, I, I didn't have capital to pay a ton of employees. Um, but you know, I, I realize now that there's a lot of people that want to be involved in companies, especially in the early days. It's so rare to be able to be part of an early stage company. Um, and if you're building something that you really believe in, there's, there are bound to be people that are going to believe in it too. Um, and so, I really, we, we hired so slowly early on. Um, and as a result, you know, you know, there's pros and cons, but it would have been nice to have some more people at the table. Um, and, and people that were really experienced and could help navigate through, you know, those early days, um, and had done it before. So, you know, I think luckily I've always been really aware of, you know, my strengths and weaknesses and I have, um, and no shame in that game. Um, and so, you know, I knew where I wanted to hire, but it took me longer than I think I should have waited in terms of getting, getting some additional support and just, and getting people to, to help get the job done. Mm -hmm. What are, you know, three, if you could sum up three, um, actionable items that you would recommend new business owners doing when they're starting out? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think first, like find a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's so important to have someone to lean on and to talk to and someone that can give you advice and play devil's advocate and, and help brainstorm. Um, you know, and also just like someone that you can turn to through the highs and lows. Um, so that would definitely be one, um, you know, and have two mentors, but definitely at least have one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think also, um, you know, finding, time to unwind and disconnect, especially in the early days when you're totally consumed and you're, you know, freaking out over every mistake or, you know, every bit of progress. You know, I think it's important to, to focus on yourself, um, and, and recharge, um, even if it's just like an hour a day that you don't look at emails or your phone. Um, you know, for me, that's, you know, it's, it's a lot easier said than done, but I've really tried to make sure that, you know, I either get an hour workout in or, or something that's really, I'm doing something for me and not just for my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you'll just be grateful in the long run when you have, you know, more energy to give. Um, and then I think like on the other side of like having a mentor, you know, it's important not to get too distracted by advice and help. Um, mm. you know, I think it's important to have the right support, like I said, but um, you ultimately have to decide how to use it um, and how to use that feedback and how to use that advice. And I think, you know, 
I was constantly looking for help from others. Um, and a lot of it I put into action and some of it worked and some of it didn't. And some, you know, I learned the hard way. So I think it's important to, to also follow your gut, um, because the business is coming from you. And so, um, you know, there's going to be things that you just know are best. Mm-hmm. And I think to uh, kind of segue um, to the next question is, you know, at what point in your business, looking back, where have you, where have you personally grown the most? Oh, I mean, I really feel like the past five years have been the most transformative years of my life. Um, I'm, I mean, I've grown in just about every way, um, you know, personally, professionally, um, you know, I've learned a new sense of patience, um, (laughs) that I've never had before. Um, which is hard, especially when you're, you know, often a type A type person that wants to get things done and move quickly. Um, you know, patience has been really important for me and, and, uh, as to be, you know, to be good for my team, to be, you know, a good leader, um, things take time. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard, you know, to look around and want to get everything done so quickly, but, um, patience I think is a big one. Um, (laughs) but you know, just in general, I mean, it's doing what you like, what you have to do to start a business, um, is, is a full roller coaster. And so, um, you know, I've, I learn every day and I've, I grow every day. And I think that's also why I'm so happy doing what I do. Mm-hmm. It's like the never, I, nothing is ever complete. It's like continuing education and, and growing. So the, before we wind down, I do have a few rapid fire questions and they're meant to be really quick and fast. So what is something in your life that is a non-negotiable? Um, hmm. sorry. Uh, good no, night. No, sleep. no. How many hours do you sleep? I try to get at least eight. Yes. I love it. Um, what is the one thing that you, that helps you generate inspiration that you get inspiration from? Uh, the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something that you believe that others think is insane? Um, that I'm, a founder of a company. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is very, I'm sure that is very accurate too. Um, and then is there like a quote or an inspiration piece that you live by? Um, I, I try not to sweat the small stuff. I think that's, you know, it's simple, but it's impactful. Um, you know, when you're so deeply emotionally invested in building something, it can be hard to do anything but obsess over every detail, every mistake, um, every piece of criticism, but, you know, that ultimately hinders momentum. And really, I think you can get in your way by being so preoccupied with those nuances. So, um, you know, be positive and solution minded um, and focus on the big picture is going to, you know, be helpful in order to move forward. Love it. And then the last question is, what is the best $100 uh, or less purchase that you've made in, in your business or life? Um. Probably buying the parachute home domain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask about that, but I didn't know. I was like, how did you? That's that's pretty awesome that you snagged that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, as far as the interview, I have no more questions, but I would love for you to share where my listeners can find your product. They can connect with you. 
if you'd give that, share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find us at, find us at parachutehome.com. That's where we sell our products. And then also, if you're in LA, we do have a store in Venice. Um, if you're in Portland, Oregon, we have a store on Northwest 23rd. And pretty soon, we'll have a store in New York. So stay <gasps> so, tuned for that. That is so exciting. Yeah, just a few weeks away. So we're opening May 18th. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And that'll be in Soho. So visit us online or in person if you happen to be one of those locations. And we're going to be opening more stores in the next few years. So super excited about that. Um, and then you can find uh, the brand on Instagram at Parachute Home. And I'm R-E-L-K um, on all things social and would love to connect. And i um, always happy to answer questions and love um, love chatting about all things entrepreneurial and business and all that. So um, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. You guys will have a full list of uh, everything that we spoke about in today's episode on the show notes at shedidherwaypodcast.com. You can find the interview there. And thank you so much. My pleasure. It was really nice chatting with you. Again, if you're just starting out with your business and you need an accounting software that is simple and easy to use, check out FreshBooks at freshbooks.com forward slash she and enter in She Did It Her Way in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out shedidherway.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.